The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 272. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. And this week, I have an interesting topic for you that a lot of people struggle with, unfortunately. A conversation about mental health and whether or not to put it in an application. Before we get to that question, though, I want to jump into the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. When do you actually know if you're ready to take the MCAT? And specifically, when do you know if you still have prereqs to take? Now, there are two different sets of prereqs. There's prereqs for medical school, and then there are prereqs for the MCAT. And the MCAT has some tough subjects that you need to know that you may not have put kind of in your list of, of classes that you need to take before you apply to medical school. But for the MCAT, there are some classes that are really, really important. So I really want you to dive into what those courses are. The AAMC has a big list of all of the topics they want you to know. That's what companies like Blueprint MCAT have used to create the content, both in their books and their courses and everything else, to help you make sure that you know everything that you need to know for the MCAT. Can you self-study? You can. It's hard, though. I recommend, and, and the people at Blueprint MCAT recommend, only self-studying one course if you need to. Ideally, you're taking those courses in undergrad before you take the MCAT. So how do you know? You really don't. But if there are some courses you need to take, make sure you get those under your belt before you tackle the MCAT. If you're looking for some more help, go to blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. All right, I want to dive into our question today. Our student says, how to approach depression as part of my personal statement story. They say, hello, all quick overview of my backstory. I graduated pre-med in 2018 and had a solid MCAT score of 513, as well as a decent GPA of 371 with a 363 BCPM GPA. Long story short, I went through two application cycles and received only one interview, which did not go well at all. I know after receiving counsel that my main issue was my personal statement. I made many other mistakes in my previous applications as well that I know that I now have a much better idea of how to correct. I'm currently leaning towards a do-it-yourself postback and moving on from there. My current issue I am facing is how to best address the three unintended gap years I've had since graduating. Outside my paid full-time job as an EMT, which I've done for seven years now, I did not do any shadowing, volunteering, or clinical hours of any kind during those three years. The main reason for this was a temporary lack of motivation. I suffered from serious depression during this gap year, this gap, as I had more free time than I ever had before and began to process my abusive childhood. I'm in a much better place now and am ready to get back to my journey to become a physician. However, I am not sure of the best approach discussing this period in my life in my personal statement. 
I know Dr. Gray often speaks about the importance of telling your story, and I think this is a major part of mine, so I believe it should be included. I'm just not certain how to frame it in the right light. Thank you to anyone who takes the time to read and comment. All right, so here it is, right? Mental health in a personal statement. Now, I want to preface everything that I'm about to say with you need to tell your story, as John from Ohio here says that I recommend, and it's true. I question whether or not this period actually needs to go into his personal statement, though, because he says that he was kind of on this path to begin with, and this gap kind of led to some depression, maybe just allowed him to process his depression. He mentioned it's the most free time he's had in a while, uh, processing an abusive childhood. So the question at the end of the day that I always go back to is, did this contribute to your reasoning for wanting to be a physician? In my mind, the personal statement is, why do you want to be a doctor? If the depression is just a side effect or symptom, obviously of the abuse of childhood, let's, let's put that aside because the, the context that the student is bringing it up is around these gap years. If the gap years are just causing the depression and free time and, and self-doubt and not really knowing what to do because you've been rejected twice, obviously that is very easy to lead into this depressive state of, I can't get into medical school, I don't know what to do with my life, and it kind of spirals out of control. And then yes, obviously, processing this abusive childhood as well on top of that. But it sounds like this student was headed toward becoming a physician already. And so in my mind, the depression potentially doesn't need to be in the personal statement because it's not a part of why medicine. Now, you may have processed this and, and grown from it and you said, oh my gosh, like mental health and psychiatry, that's really cool. Maybe I want to do psychiatry in the future. A lot of students will be tempted to write about that in the personal statement. What do I want to do in the future because of my experiences? Again, the personal statement is what do I want to do as a physician? <laughs> the personal statement is about uh, why I want to be a physician, not what do I want to do as a physician. So it's it's the wrong focus if you're focused on, oh, I had this depression and that led me understand and appreciate mental health and now I want to be a psychiatrist so I can take care of people's mental health. And that's not the goal of the personal statement. The goal is why? Do you want to be a physician? So I would focus on that and that alone. If the depression belongs in there, it belongs in there. If it doesn't belong in there, don't worry about it. There's a reason you had those gaps. You didn't get into medical school, right? If you got into medical school, there wouldn't be a gap. You didn't get in, there's a gap. A lot of students worry about explaining. What did I do and why did I do it? And why was there's the gap, right? I applied to medical school. I didn't get in, here's why I didn't get in, here's what I've been working on, end of story. Super common, not a problem to focus on, not an issue to talk about in the personal statement. Why do you have this gap? There are a few statements here that don't make a ton of sense to me. 
A student has a 371 GPA, 363 science GPA, right? BCPM, biology, chemistry, physics, and math. Those are solid stats. Now, is there a downward trend there that we're concerned about? Is there an upward trend? Is it pretty flat? So the, the final numbers, as always, don't tell me the story. But to do a post-bac probably isn't needed. The student may need to retake the MCAT depending on how old it is and the expiration date of that MCAT unfortunately expire, which is kind of silly, but it is what it is. A postback though probably isn't needed unless the student is struggling with some specific courses. And then the student says, oh, I, I didn't have any clinical experience right after they said, I was working full-time as an EMT, right? That's clinical experience. You don't need to do anything more than that. That's amazing clinical experience. So keep doing that. Yes, shadow. Yes, volunteer if you can. Volunteer, remember, volunteer doesn't equal clinical experience. Volunteer is just non-paid. Volunteer could be working, uh, volunteering at like a soup kitchen, uh, a Habitat for Humanity project, that kind of stuff. Volunteering doesn't equal volunteering in a clinical setting. There's clinical, which is paid or volunteer. And then quote unquote volunteer experience, when we say that is usually what we're talking about is soup kitchen kinds of things. So that's what I got for you. Tell your story. Don't go too far in depth if you don't need to. Don't throw yourself under the bus if you don't need to. And, and hope that you get into medical school, specifically John from Ohio, this third time will hopefully be a charm. My new book I want to mention real quick, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Application Process is now available for pre-order. So pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. Um, it's like over 300 pages of goodness all about the application process from, from GPA, talking about GPA, MCAT, primary application, secondary application, interviews, what you do if you're accepted, what you do if you're rejected, what you do if you're waitlisted, all of that stuff. If you're applying in 2021 to start medical school in 2022, the book right now is pre-ordered. Uh, if you pre-order it, it's due to come out May 25th. I'm working hard with my publisher to get it out several weeks before then so that you have some time to review it, tweak your application before you submit it. And if you pre-order it, I will have a sign-up form on my website. You, you'll be able to find it to submit your receipt, and I'll get you a PDF copy of it as well. I hope you have a, a wonderful week. Don't forget to go check out blueprintprep.com. Thank you for sponsoring the MCAT Minute. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.